feel led to pray right before we do this last song. We just welcome you, Holy Spirit. Just welcome you. Just fill this place, Lord. Fill this place with your presence. Father, pour out your Spirit on your sons and daughters. Pour out your Spirit, Lord. Start crying out to God. Ask Him for the rain in the time of the latter rain. Oh, Lord, we need your rain. We ask you for your rain, God. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you said you confirm your word with miracle signs and wonders. That you watch over your word to perform it, Lord. We hold you to this thing, Lord. That you said, ask and you shall receive. You said, ask of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. So, Lord, we dare ask you. We ask you, pour out your spirit. Pour out your rain upon your church tonight, God. We are hungry. We are thirsty, Lord. We want your rain. We want your spirit. We want your presence and power to be poured out upon us. Our lives, our homes, our families, our church, the church as a whole, God. We're hungry. We're thirsty for you, Lord. We ask you, Lord, pour out your latter rain, Lord. Pour out your presence, your power. Confirm your word, Lord, in this time and this season, Lord, with mighty miracle signs and wonders, God. Father, we know, Lord, that you are faithful to keep your word and your promises. And we remind you that you said, ask, ye shall receive. So, Father, we ask of you, Lord, to pour out your rain and your presence, pour out your glory upon your people, upon this nation, God, upon this world, Lord. We ask you, Father, for revival in this land in the name of Jesus Christ. I just release the glory of God to cover this land in the name of Jesus Christ. I release the presence and power of God to convict hearts and convict lives and to turn those lives around to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we ask you for souls. We ask you for revival in this land. We ask you, God, to awaken the hearts and lives of your people to rise up and take their place, to make a stand and declare and let their light shine for Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King of Kings. Oh God, your disciples prayed, grant unto us boldness that we might preach your word, Lord. And then you confirmed with miracle signs and wonders and demonstrations of your spirit. God, we pray again. We ask you, grant unto us boldness, confirmations, demonstrations of the power of your spirit to display your mighty wonders and miracles to show that you are alive and you're the one and only true and living God. God, we ask you for this. Let it rain. Hallelujah.
spirit Now the heartbeat of heaven Let us hear I feel the rains of your love I feel the winds of your spirit Now the heartbeat of heaven Let us hear I feel the rains of your love I feel the winds of your spirit Now the heartbeat of
Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, I just thank you, God, that your people are hungry and they are thirsty for you. Lord, that we ask you, Lord, rain in the time of the latter rain, that you are pouring out your spirit upon us. As I'm sitting here worshiping the Lord, I just get this picture. You know, you might say that you're hungry and you're thirsty for the Lord. Um, but he says for us to call on him in our day of trouble and he'll give us rest. It's just not an automatic. you got to be calling on him. And at home, like, if you're saying you're hungry, my kids, I have two teenage boys, and it's really annoying, but they're always hungry. And they're always, I, I kid you not, if they're up till midnight, they're digging in the fridge in the cabinets at midnight. We might be in bed, and I hear them in the kitchen rumbling around because they're hungry. They're growing. And so they're constantly on the lookout for the next food item for their belly and the thing is is they desire it so they go out and seek it if you're really truly hungry and you're praying and, and you're and you're fasting and you're calling out to God for him to fill you you're showing him that you truly are hungry you truly are thirsty and he says he fills the hungry with good things if my kids didn't seek out the food if they didn't go in the fridge and make their way to the kitchen they would not get filled they would remain hungry do you know that there's people in the body of Christ who are starving simply because they will not go and feed themselves they will not go and drink of the the spirit of God and worship the Lord they won't go into the word and eat the nutritious word that God has given us God gave us so many things that we could utilize to build ourselves up, to strengthen us, and to help us grow in maturity in the Lord. You know, and I love corporate worship and corporate prayer. We encourage one another because then when you leave this place, you have the opportunity to put it into practice yourself. Corporate, corporate worship and prayer and time in the Word, you know, we've... Uh, kind of gotten taken away from us a little bit but now we have media so that's fine there's no time or distance in the spirit but you have to pursue God he, he loves you and he never leaves you nor forsakes you but you have to run after him you have to show him that you're hungry show him that you're thirsty dig around in that word get into his presence ask him to pour out his spirit ask him to fill you up he said he who asks will receive he who seeks will find he who knocks the door will be open unto him if you desire a greater move of God in your heart and in your life you desire to be used in the gifts of the spirit you desire to come to dreams and visions and revelations from heaven it all sounds exciting and fantastic and you might have come to um, revival MKE because of that hunger and that thirst but the thing is, is we're there to teach you and then you have to go and apply it. We're here to teach you to dive into God's presence, to get into his presence, to let him fill you up with his glory so that you'll then go and continue filling yourself up. Continue getting into God's presence. Continue to call on the name of the Lord and ask him to pour out his rain, to pour out his spirit, to fill you. 
sometimes I feel like I repeat myself a lot when I'm talking to the Lord, but really, I'm just so hungry. Lord, I'm hungry. Lord, I'm thirsty for you, God. I ask you, God, to fill me up. I must say it at least 50 times or more a day, constantly praying on my lips, constantly worshiping the Lord. Why? I can't get enough. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty for Him. We're here tonight, and we're here at Revival MKE to stir up the gifts of God within people, to stir up a hunger and thirst for righteousness, a hunger and thirst for you to seek God with your whole heart, with your whole mind, with your whole soul, with your whole life, so that you can be used by God. Oh, Lord, I just pray right now. Fill the hungry with good things. Stir up the gifts of God with the hungry, Lord. Those who are seeking your face, Lord, those who seek you, Lord, let them find you. Those who, Lord, are asking for you to fill them, fill them up, God. Those of you who are knocking on the door of the Lord's heart, this door is being opened to you. The supernatural is going to be open to you. Just keep going in. Just keep pursuing God. Just keep entering into his presence with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise and worship. Go in boldly to that throne room. Don't shy away from it because you feel guilty or because you feel ashamed. There is where you're going to receive the mercy, the grace, the forgiveness, the help that you need to live this life for him. Oh, people of God, Jesus purchased your freedom. He purchased your deliverance. He purchased freedom. And by the blood of Jesus, you can freely go into that throne room. And you can receive the grace and the strength you need to live this life for Him. You have to show Him. You have to pursue Him with your whole heart, with your whole soul, with everything you got. Show Him how much you love Him, how much you thirst after for Him. Father, I just pray that you'd stir in the hearts and lives of each and every person that this video reaches, that you'd stir in their hearts, that you'd stir in their lives, Lord, this hunger and this thirst for righteousness, this thirst and hunger to be filled by your spirit, your power and glory, that they would hunger after the word, the meat of the word, that they would grow thereby, God, that they would come to full maturity in the fullness of the stature of Christ Jesus, that they would be carriers of your glory, of your presence and power. Oh, Lord, I just pray, God, that you would light us on fire tonight, God. Let us burn. Let us burn for you, God. Let us burn with your glory. Let us burn with your presence. Let others see your goodness in us, God. Let others desire what we have, God. We just worship you, Jesus. Let's say it one more time. Let it rain. Let's just tell the Lord, pour out his spirit. Gates of heaven, let it rain, let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven, let it rain, let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven, let it rain. 
Show us your glory We want to know him just resting on me tonight and I'm excited I'm excited because the message he shared with me that I'm gonna share with you is something that he truly desires from you and um, it's gonna bring you from glory to glory in your walk with him if you will apply this part of the word to your life you're gonna see an increase in the manifestation of his spirit in your life and you're gonna see why amen so, Father, I just pray for this message, Lord. I ask you, Lord, for your anointing to be upon it, upon me to minister your words to your people tonight and anoint them, Lord, to hear your word as it is the truth. And it's powerful, Lord. It has the ability to set them free. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. 
Well, tonight, I'm so happy to have a Passion Church worship team with us tonight. Give them a hand. They did an awesome job leading us into God's presence and his, um, just ushering in his glory in this place. It's just awesome. Um, tonight, the Lord has placed on my heart um, this message, and it's called, The Greatest Thing is Love. The greatest of these is love. And we're going to just dive into finding out what's so important about love. Why does God say the greatest of these is love? Okay, so 1 Corinthians 13, and I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 13 um, what God has to say about this. Love. Hang on a second. All right. He says, 1 Corinthians, starting with verse 1, he says, If I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels, but I did not love others, I would be a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and I understood all of God's secret plans and I possessed all the knowledge, and if I had such faith I could move mountains, but I did not love others, I would be nothing. Isn't that interesting? He's talking about operating in the gifts of the Spirit. He's talking about being used by God and having prophecies and having gifts of faith and and all this stuff and having words of knowledge. But if you don't combine it with the love of God for the love of his people, he says, it doesn't amount to anything. It says, if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body and I could boast about it, but I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. That means you can give for selfish reasons. You can give to be noticed. You can give to feel good about yourself. That's not a reason to give. God says if you give and you have not love combined with it, it means nothing. You've gained your reward already. He says love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous, boastful, or proud, or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but enjoys, um, rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and a special knowledge will become useless once we all go to heaven. It's not going to last forever. But it says, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete and even the gift of prophecy reveals only a part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. It's not going to be a forever thing. They're not going to last forever. He says, when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But soon we will see everything with perfect clarity. He says, all I know is um, partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Three things only will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest is love, which is the title of my message. The greatest is love. So, in other words, you can be gifted, you can be talented, you can even be anointed, and you can flow in your gifting. Um, 
But the most important thing to the Lord is that you are doing it out of a heart for him, for love for him, and a love for his people. That you're not doing it to, to lift yourself up or, or for um, proud reasons. You're doing it because you love him so much because he first loved you. In 1 Corinthians 14.1, it says, let love be your absolute highest goal. Out of everything else, even if somebody's manifesting in the gifts of the Spirit, he, he takes priority that you would walk in love. Isn't that interesting? And so there must be why he's saying if you had words of knowledge and words of prophecy and you could move mountains and you had the gift of faith, but you had not love, it's nothing. That is so interesting how powerful love is. Think about it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. If he did what he did without love, it wouldn't have made the impact. But he did it. He loved us even though we were so unlovely, even though we didn't deserve it. He loved us and died for us. So he tells us in 1 Corinthians 14.1, let love be your highest aim, your highest goal. It's not about being religious. It's not about going to church on Sundays, as you may know right now. It's, about, it's not about keeping the Sabbath. It's about loving God and loving people. This, what Christ, this is what Christianity is about. This is what a relationship with God is all about. All he's concerned with is that you are loving him and loving one another. Let's turn to Matthew 22. Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39. Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally as important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two things. There's only two things that God bases everything that we're living for on. And that's that you would walk in love. And you would love your God first and foremost. And he says it's it just as equally as important that you love your neighbor as yourself. And, oh, man, I was digging into the word of God, and, and he was just illuminating and showing me who our neighbor is. <laughs> it's not just the ones that, that uh, do you good. It's also your enemies. Your neighbor can be your enemy. Your neighbor could be your spouse who's treating you wrong. Your neighbor could be the, the person in high school who's backbiting you. Your neighbor can be pretty much anybody. And he wants you to love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. And he says that's as equally as important as if you were to love God. How many of us say we love God, but then we treat our neighbor with um, disgust or, or we're, you know, yeah, they might be doing things that are gross or, or disgusting to the Lord, but are you 
walking in love towards them? Are you forgiving them because love suffers long? Are you for, um, showing them the love of God so that they might learn? You know, the Word of God says that if you walk in love, it's like pouring heaping coals upon their head. You don't have to correct them. God will correct them. God will, God will convict them if you will walk in love. But if you act in um, a revengeful manner, you know, in, 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 a, in a kind of a hatred kind of way, you know, and you say you love God and, and you despise your brother or you blacklist somebody because of how they treated you, that's not love. And we all say that we desire God and we desire for him to use us and we desire, you know, to, to be a vessel fit for his use. But a huge key to you being a vessel fit for his use is that you walk in love with your neighbor. This is the way that the world is going to know you are his disciples, by his love. John 13, 35 says it, by this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. It's not about how much, how holy you look when you're raising your hands. It's good, it's good to worship God. It's not about how much money you give in the offering plate. It's good to serve God with your money and to give your tithes and offerings to the Lord. But it's not about that. It's about doing it because you love God. You're doing it out of obedience to the Lord. You're not doing it for people. You're not doing it to please people. You're not doing it to be recognized by people. You're doing it out of love for him and love for your neighbor, for his people. Here's another passage, um, Luke 10, 25 through 37. It's the story of the um, Good Samaritan, and I just want to read it here to you. One day, an expert in religious law stood up to Jesus by asking him questions. Teacher, what, would, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And we all want to know, how can I earn eternal life? Or how can I be recognized in the kingdom of heaven? How can I give you glory, Lord? And yeah, we should want to give him glory. Don't get me wrong. And we should want and desire earnestly spiritual gifts. Don't get me wrong. But he says, before those things even begin to take place, what you should desire is that you would serve God by walking in love towards him and towards your brother, your sister, in the Lord, or even toward your enemies, toward your neighbor. Okay. So one day an expert in religious law stood up to Jesus asking him questions. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your strength, and all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself, right? Jesus told him, do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions. Maybe he wasn't treating um, people who had treated him wrong. Maybe he wasn't treating them right in response. Maybe he wasn't walking in love. So the man wanted to justify his actions. So he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? Who, who is it that I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself? Who is this? Jesus replied with this story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, and he was a man, and he saw the man lying there. He crossed the other side of, to the other side of the road and passed him by. 
a temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, and then he also passed him by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, now this is a third person to walk by someone who had been mobbed and left for dead. Okay? And think about it. You're on the street in Milwaukee, maybe not in such a good area of town, and there's somebody left for dead there. Somebody was just beaten. Everybody, you know, they took off. They robbed him. And here comes a so-called preacher. Then and, and, and a, maybe a priest, someone who supposedly is religious. And then here comes um, somebody who doesn't even go to church anymore. My goodness. You know? And um, maybe they've been living a sinful life. But yet, they stop. And they take care of the person. So this is, what, this is what the Lord's telling this man. He says, Then a Samaritan, despised, came along, and he saw the man. He felt compassion on him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them up. And then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn where he took care of him. Then the next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If the bill runs higher than this, I will pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was the neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked the man, and the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. So God's telling us, you know, even though um, sometimes the, the situation looks rough, maybe even sometimes that person has done you wrong. The greatest of these three people wasn't the ones who practice their religious beliefs in the church every single Sunday. And maybe even not even the one who gives their um, offerings on a regular basis and, and they're really, you know, steadfast in that. The one that he looked at as the most important out of those three. They might have all been doing something good, but the one thing that was most important to him was the one who walked in love. That's the one who showed that person mercy. That's the one who showed that person the love of God. Who do you think the man left on the side of the road is going to receive the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ from the most? The one who showed him mercy. The one who loved his neighbor as himself. That's why the Lord says in John 13, 35, By this everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. They're going to see our actions and reactions to people. They're going to see how we love God and love people. And, um, you know, it doesn't always not always something you want to do, not always something that's instantaneous in you, but we should do it because we love the Lord. Our actions really, in this case, speak louder than our words. Actually, there's a word in, in the word of God. He says that you can worship God with your lips, but your heart can be far from him. In other words, your actions need to line up. You tell God, I love you. I just want you, you know, I, I just want you to fill me up. And he's telling you, walk in love towards your, your brother or sister who did you wrong. He's telling you, walk in love towards your husband who uh, said those harsh words. He's telling you, walk in love towards your neighbor or your coworker who isn't living for me. And show them the love of God. Why don't you bless them with lunch? Why don't you do this for them or that for them? Why don't you just forgive them? And even though what they did was wrong, just forgive them and act like it never happened. Well, how, how could I? They hurt me. 
That's what God would do. That's what Jesus would do. That's what he did, actually. Even though we were sinners, Christ died for you and I. He showed us great love. In Romans 5, 5, the word of God says, let the love of God be shed abroad in your hearts. Let it. That means you have to give it permission. It's not an automatic just because you accepted Jesus Christ into your heart as your Lord and Savior, just because you go to church or just because you pay your tithes doesn't automatically make you someone who's walking in love. And we're learning tonight that this is God's highest calling for us as believers, that we would walk in love, that we would show forth our light, let our light shine. Why and how? By showing the love of God to not just those who love us, but those who maybe even hate us. Let the love of God be shed abroad in our hearts. Let it take control. Let it be more dominant in our lives. To love the unlovely is so important to the Lord. Let's read Matthew 5. Matthew 5, 30. 8 through 48. It says this. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, this is what Jesus tells us to do, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That is loving them, praying for them. When someone does you wrong, not backbiting them, not gossiping about it, not, um, you know, talking about how horrible they are. He tells us to pray for them. That's loving them. He says, in that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. It really sounds to me just like John 35 or 1335. By this way, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. All right? So in this way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives the sunlight to both the evil and the good. Isn't that true? He gives breath to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how different are you from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. He set the bar really high, okay? But... That's what he wants our aim to be. He said um, in 1 Corinthians 14.1, he says that this should be your highest goal. This is our highest priority in this life here on earth is to walk in love. You would be like, you mean we're not supposed to first prophesy or first have words of knowledge and words of wisdom and healings and miracles? And you would think those would be the first, but no. The way they're going to know us is by letting our light shine before men so that they may know our Father in heaven. How are they going to know our Father in heaven? By our love. Even though Christ, even though we were unlovely, even though we didn't deserve it and we were in a life of sin, Christ died for us. So that's the kind of love he showed us, and that's the kind of mercy and love he wants us to show people who may be unlovely towards us. Love your enemies and pray for those who despitefully use you. It's really, sometimes it's a a true test 
to see if we're going to act like his disciples. <laughs> How many of you have had that opportunity? Many times in your life, you've had tests to see how you were going to respond to how people treated you. Are you going to respond with offense and with anger and hatred and, and you know, flip them the bird? You know, I know some Christians do that because they're not walking in love. Your response should be, and your highest goal should be that no matter what the circumstance is, that you're going to always respond in love. Why? Because it should be our highest goal, our highest aim, to let the love of God be shed abroad in our heart, to let the light shine through us. How will they know we are his unless we let his love shine through our hearts towards them? He tells us in his word that if somebody slaps your face, let them slap the other cheek too. If someone steals your coat, go ahead and give it to them. (laughs) If they steal your shirt, give them your coat too. This is the kind of love, this is the kind of thing that Jesus was here on earth teaching his disciples. They wanted to retaliate against the the Roman soldiers. They wanted to retaliate. They wanted to fight a war, and they thought Jesus was coming to lead them to this. And he comes, and he arrives, and he teaches them Love your neighbor. <laughs> Pray for your enemies. Pray for those Roman soldiers that they would find me. And they, a lot of them were disgusted. But this is how they will know that he's the one and true and living God, is that someone's heart can be truly changed even when we're treated wrongly. We show and shine the love of Jesus Christ in our hearts and lives. Amen. Romans 5.8 says, but God, I said this kind of a numerous amount of times already, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We could say, while we were still enemies of God, he loved us so much that he died for us. He gave his life for us. I recently watched Jesus of Nazareth with my family. It's six hours long. And I know people are really watching The Chosen. I haven't gotten to that yet. But I hear good things. Um, But anyways, many times in the movie, I was just moved to tears. We did two nights of this to, to finish it all. But just moved to tears by the love message, by the, by the compassion that Jesus has towards the lost. You know, so many times when he was healing the sick, um, he said, your sins are forgiven you. That means they were an enemy of God. They were living a life of sin, and it probably gave permission for their bodies to be struck with this illness. But Jesus had compassion on them, and he first showed them the love of God by saying their sins are forgiven for them. And then he healed them. And again, showing them the love of God, showing them the mercy of God. This is the kind of love we were loved with. You know, think about it. If he didn't show that kind of love to us, we would be in rough shape because none of us deserve the mercy and the forgiveness that we have received, not one. I love that part in the movie where the woman, she deserves to be stoned according to the law of Moses, you know, and they want to stone this woman for her adultery. And uh, all these men have these big rocks in the movie, and I was like, wow, can you imagine that day and age, like, They're actually going to throw rocks at somebody because of their sin. But Jesus responds with this. He says, he who is without sin casts the first stone. And think about it. 
He was showing the love and the compassion and the mercy of God. How many times have we heard of, we'll say adultery, or we've heard of someone stealing, or we've heard of someone's addiction. How many times have we judged them instead of prayed for them? How many times have we lashed out on them or given them the cold shoulder rather than reaching out and praying for them and showing them the love of God? Because love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers these people. And that's what turned that woman back to the Lord. That's what turned the woman to the Lord. She accepted the Lord as her Savior because he showed her his love, not because he corrected her and said, you shouldn't be living this way and da 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 First, he showed her the love of God, and then he said, go and sin no more. So our love, the love of God should be our highest aim. If we can do anything in this world, and, and I know we're talking about we're in school of the Spirit right now. We're learning and we desire revival. We want revival. Well, the first thing that needs to take place is in our hearts, those of us who are calling out to God for revival, those who are calling out to God to fill our hearts and lives with His Spirit, what God wants your highest aim to be before any of the other gifts of the Spirit is that you would aim towards walking in love, not just towards those who love you, but towards your enemies, towards those who have persecuted you, towards those who have given you the cold shoulder. I, you know, the, in high school with girls anyways, um, there was always those mean girls, and you just don't want to talk to them, and in, in fact, you probably want to gossip about them, how mean they are. But what would happen is if, if we would just forgive them, if we would stop focusing on that, but start focusing on the love of God. Stop focusing on how a family member did you wrong, um, how they didn't pay you back, or whatever the case might be. Whatever the situation is, God says, let love be your highest aim. Forgive them. Show compassion upon them. This is what Jesus constantly taught. Day in and day out, he was showing the love of God, the mercy and the forgiveness of God. Every time he healed the sick, it was, it was out of the love of God and the compassion and forgiveness of sins. That's what God's message is. For God so loved the world. If we are his true disciples, we too will make that our aim, to show the love of God. Let the love of God be shed abroad in our hearts. If that is our main aim, not to elevate self, not to promote self, not to be used by God and, and just to say, here I am, look at me. But it's because you love people because God loves them. God will use you. Because if you make love your aim, you're putting God first. Because he died because he loved those people so much. And I guarantee you, if you make love your aim, you'll be having more and more gifts of the Spirit operating in your life. More and more will he use you because the compassion and love of Jesus will be just pull, you know, pulled. He'll pull you towards people to minister to different people. Amen? So, you know, we wouldn't expect anything less of a Savior. You know, him dying for us even though we didn't deserve it. We wouldn't expect anything less. But God expects nothing less of us. 
He says, let love be your highest aim, whether that's to your sibling, your parent, your spouse, whoever it is that maybe is treating you wrong or has treated you wrong. Forgive them. Show them mercy. Show them the forgiveness, even if they don't deserve it, even if they haven't confessed to you their sin, even if they haven't, but they need to repent, but they need to ask me to forgive them. Forget about it. Be the bigger man. Walk in love and say, in the name of Jesus, I just release them and I just forgive them, whether they like it or not. I just release them. I forgive them. Even though they haven't asked for forgiveness, I just forgive them by faith right now. Even though we didn't deserve it. Even before we could accept what Jesus did on the cross, he died for us because he loved us so much. Even before that woman repented, They were about to stone her for her sin. Even before she had repented of that sin or confessed that sin, Jesus' blood was about to be shed, and he showed her the love of God, and he let love be his highest aim, and he said, who here is without sin? Nobody. We all have sinned. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. We all need the love and the blood of Jesus Christ. And so we are nobody to judge somebody else. What we need to do is let the love of God be shed abroad in our hearts. Let love be our absolute and most highest aim. Amen. I'm going to kind of wrap this up. It's, it's a fairly short message. We don't need a full band, but we could just maybe have some keys or some strumming going on. Um, I'm going to be praying with you in a minute. Maybe you're listening tonight and you're like, man, I'm convicted. <laughs> man, I realize I, I'm crying out to God. I want him to fill me up. And I, I realize that I'm off in this area. And that's the thing the Lord has shown me is that a lot of us desire God to move and desire for God to use our lives as a vessel fit for his use. But the thing is, is in order to be a vessel fit for his use, you have to let the love of God be shed abroad in your heart and your life. You have to let love be your highest aim and your highest goal. So I just want you to bow with me and pray with me tonight. You know, we would all be in rough shape if Christ's love for us was the way that we have shown love to others. Think about it. Am I showing the kind of love that I want from the Lord? Am I treating others the way I would want to be treated? That's what he tells us to do. As the time of the Lord's return approaches, we need to be showing our light. And the way that we're going to show and shine that light is by loving people and loving God. He said this is the most important of the Ten Commandments, and the second is equal with the first. Love God and love people. It's the only way the world's going to recognize that we're His. That's what He said. Because there are false teachers and false prophets who go out and who can prophesy and even some can so-called heal the sick. But the way they're going to differentiate us from them 
is because of the love of Jesus Christ shed abroad in our hearts. We're willing to forgive. We're willing to show mercy to those who don't deserve it because we didn't deserve it. But he died for us anyways. So bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm just going to lead you in a little prayer just to make that heart adjustment in your heart tonight. Maybe you know that you haven't been walking in the God kind of love. Maybe you realize tonight, you didn't realize this is such a big deal to the Lord. He says, even if you prophesy or have the gift of faith and move mountains, if you have not love, it's nothing to him. That's going to pass away. What he wants more than anything else is for his disciples, his children, to be walking in love towards the world, not just towards those who love him. Because in this, they will know we are his disciples and they will know him. Father, I just pray, Lord, right now for each and every person watching tonight. God, you know who we are. You know um, every single hurt and every single thing wrong that has been done to us. You know, Lord, the heartache and heartache and heartbreak, Lord, that we've been through, Lord bumps and bruises, ups and downs that we've been through, and even from people, Lord, that supposedly love us. Father, I just pray that you would let the love of God be shed abroad in our hearts and minds, in our lives. Father, I just, I just want you to pray, Lord, I ask you right now to forgive me for any time I didn't let your love be my highest aim. Lord, by faith, I forgive. I show mercy to any person who's hurt me or done me wrong. I release them to you right now by faith. And I am walking in love towards them. I release the love of God to them by faith right now. Your feelings might come second, but do it by faith. Release the love of God by faith. Forgive them by faith. tonight. Lord, I just pray that you would work this in our hearts and lives, that you would remind us as we have opportunities to love our neighbor. Lord, that you would remind us when people treat us wrong, that this is another opportunity to love our neighbor or to respond in love and not revenge. (laughs) Lord, I just ask you, Lord, work this out in our hearts and lives tonight. In the name of Jesus, Lord, so that we can be your vessels, so we can let your light shine before men, so they will know our Father in heaven. Hallelujah. Well, right now we're going to be taking up Revival MKE's um, tithes and offerings. If you consider this your church, or if if uh, this is a ministry that you regularly are getting fed from, or maybe you're watching tonight and you're fed, you're inspired by the Lord. I'm going to encourage you. This is a work of God. We're building up the body of Christ. We're training them up in the way they should go. (laughs) We're um, leading you to be hungry and thirsty for the Lord. And hopefully we're filling you up, fueling you up to go out there and do the works of God. But tonight we have an opportunity to show the love of Jesus Christ with a family who has been going through hard times. I'm trying to get my phone out. Um, God really laid it on my heart and for numerous reasons. But tonight, um, other than one obligation that I have, a very small obligation, tonight the entire offering 
is going to go towards this family that I believe God wants to show the love of Jesus Christ with. I'm going to share with you the story. If you're watching on Facebook, you can see the picture below. It should be being posted right now. Um, and this family is uh, Jessica Shavaria, if I'm saying that right. She is a... Uh, the family came to Revival MKE a few times, but she is a, a very dear friend of mine who, and I'm hoping I can get through this without tears, but she was my high school best friend, and her dad actually lives across the street from me and my family by, by accident, but probably not on accident, um, but we moved there and found out her dad lives across the street from us. Anyways, you know... We never know what people are going through. And, and you know, um, after high school, you know, she was actually stood up in our wedding. Um, you kind of lose touch and, and you don't realize all the stuff people go through behind closed doors. But I believe God wants to bless them tonight, her family. Um, and I'm going to share with you why. I was scrolling through Facebook last week and I ran across a GoFundMe page. And it was for Jessica Chavaria. She's a mother of four, and she has a husband, and she works um, to support her family. And I'm going to read you the story that I ran across. Just over a week ago, Jessica was experiencing excruciating headaches. Finally, after she couldn't tolerate the pain any longer, she went to the emergency room. Mind you, this is during COVID, so her husband couldn't come into the emergency room with her. She went to the emergency room and was immediately admitted to West Dallas Hospital. After numerous tests, the doctors discovered a tumor on her, if I'm saying this right, pituitary gland. She was transferred by the ambulance to St. Luke's for immediate surgery. On Monday morning, her neurosurgeon removed a one-inch tumor that was causing pressure on this gland from opening up her left eye. So that's part of the reason she went in. Her left eye stopped opening. Okay. Jessica is currently, well, now she's just home, and I'll share that with you. But she is currently, when they posted this, in ICU recovering from surgery. While she's expected to make a full recovery, thank you, Jesus, the journey is going to be a long one. During this, the family couldn't even enter the hospital with her. So she's in the hospital for a few weeks getting brain surgery and her husband couldn't even be with her. Okay. It, and then it just says, if you've had the pleasure of knowing Jessica and her husband, Louis, you know that she's a God-fearing, I'm adding this, God-fearing, positive person as well as he is, that they have four kids a house to make payments on and I know we're all in a hard place but there's always someone going through something harder and they are a part of the body of Christ they are a part of our family and you know I just like reflected on things I've gone through but I've never gone through that I've been in difficult times where we could barely pay certain bills but I've never been to where neither of us could work pay those bills because one of us was suffering and God wants to use the body of Christ 
to show the love of Jesus Christ to this family. Because now the husband, even though he had some leave time while she was in the hospital to take care of those four kids, now they're coming up on where it's going to be unpaid time, but he has to stay home to take care of her. And so with that being said, I just have it on my heart strongly that all the proceeds from tonight's offering is going to be given to them. They have raised, and their goal is 64. I mean, this is not even near enough to pay their medical bill. They do have insurance, but it's still not enough to pay their medical bill, let alone the fact that he's not able to work and pay the bills and and get food on the table. And I'm sure there's some people helping. We've helped and brought them a meal and stuff like that. But God wants the body of Christ to come together to support this family and to show them God's love. They've raised $6,400 and their goal was $7,000. I desire to at least help them make their goal. If the body of Christ could just sow something tonight and know that from the bottom of our hearts we're as a body going to show the love of Jesus Christ to this family the donation will say that it's from Revival MKE family so other than one little deal one little obligation we have of like a hundred dollars everything above and beyond that is going to be sown into this family even if what comes in is two thousand dollars every bit of it is going to be sown to this family so I want to encourage you tonight. I have it very strongly on my heart that God wants to supply their needs according to his riches and glory. And how is he going to do that? He's going to do that through his body. So this past Sunday, I had an opportunity after church to make them food and go over there and pray for her and anoint her with oil. So just be trusting God that the negative side effects of the surgery, you know, it the surgery went well. They didn't have to cut into her skull. They actually got to go through her nose, which is crazy that they could do that. But her eye is still closed. She's not able to sleep because they packed her nose full of gauze so that things don't run out. And then they're faced with the financial situation on top of it. It's like they don't need to worry about that. So I just want you to pray in agreement with me for those needs to be met for God to just supernaturally just apply for them. I understand if you can't give anything, then be in prayer with us, be in faith with us. But if you can just give something, or maybe God's moving on your heart to give something big, God sees their hearts. God has been using them in ministry, but right now everything's on hold because they're taking care of her. And I want to encourage you all to ask the Lord what he'd have you give how can I show the love of Jesus Christ to this family? So anyways, I know a lot of people go through different things, but God just strongly put it on my heart that we as a body need to do this. So Father, I just pray for this special offering, this love offering, God. I just pray and ask you to move upon the lives of those watching and those who are encouraged in the Lord. Father, show us what we need to give to not just help meet this goal, but Lord, to give them above and beyond what they could ask or think. Father, I just pray right now for your supernatural blessing upon the giver, the gift, and every seed of love that is planted tonight. I thank you, Lord, you're gonna bless the this family, Lord, but you're also gonna bless the giver and the gift. 
that this is good ground we're sowing in because this is a family, a part of the family of God who preaches your word, God. But Father, I just thank you, Lord. You said if you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. And so, Father, as we sow this seed to them tonight, God, I thank you, Lord, that we're actually taking care of your children. We're actually doing it unto you, God. And so, Father, tonight, Lord, I just pray blessing on the giver, the gift, and the seed sown. If you're, if you're online, you can go to revivalmke.com and click give, or there should be a link right below the video, and you can click give there. Father, bless the giver and the gift and every seed sown tonight. I just thank you, God, that we're not only going to give them the goal of 7000 um, They're at $6,400. we are not only going to give them $600. We're going to be able to give them above and beyond what they could ask or think. In Jesus' name, go ahead now. Take a moment. As we sing this song, take a moment. Ask the Lord what he'd have you give and click that give link and go ahead and type it in. And I just trust God. He is going to be faithful to finish the work he began. Just stretch forth your hand. Let's just pray for her too. Father, I just thank you, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus Christ, that where two or more of us are gathered together in your name, that you, Jesus, are right here with us. I thank you, God, right now in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. There's power in the um, agreement of prayer. There's power when the righteous come and pray. And so, Father, we just pray for Jessica right now and the family right now, Lord, that you would not only meet their needs, but you'd give them above and beyond all they could ask or think. And, Father, we thank you that you began a work in her, Lord, that you even got her to the hospital before it turned into something worse, God. We thank you that the surgery was successful. Now, in the name of Jesus Christ, we negate and nullify the negative effects that this tumor has had on her face and upon her body right now in the name of Jesus. We declare in the name of Jesus Christ, she will be fully recovered in the name of Jesus. I just speak a speedle, speedily recovery that this will work speedily. Your power will work speedily in her body to work a healing and a cure. Father, I just speak healing and health. And I speak life to their whole family. And provision and blessing to their whole family. That God, you will take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it around for their good. That they will come out on top shouting victory is theirs. In Jesus' name. Let's go ahead and give to the Lord.
There should be a picture posted of the family that we're giving to. If you weren't listening, um, every bit of the proceeds tonight, above $100, because there's a need that we need to make uh, a bill. But above that, we're going to be sewing into the lives of this family, Jessica Chavaria's family, um, for an immediate need that they have. So go back a little bit in the video. You can hear the testimony. I'm not going to go through it again. But we're going to show the love of God to this family. And so you should see that picture below. And if you know them, just continue praying for them. And just know that your seed tonight is a seed of the love of God. And it's going to be shown to them in a powerful way. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you for tonight. I thank you for all that you've done tonight. I thank you for the move of your spirit tonight. And I thank you, you're moving each one of us from glory to glory as we make your love our highest aim and our highest goal. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. God bless you guys. We hope to see you soon in person, hopefully. Um, but we'll be back here May 17th with guest worship leaders once again. So I want to encourage you, mark your calendars, May 17th, Friday night. Uh, we'll see you here. Otherwise, if you're looking for a church home or family, that you can tune in on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. to Passion Church. We'll see you there. God bless. Bye.